In today's passage, we explore Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. This is one of the most interesting passages in Mark's gospel. It's been interpreted in so many different ways by so many different people through so many different generations of the church. But what is Jesus communicating in this prophecy that we are going to begin exploring today? Now, before we jump into today's passage, I would like us to take a moment to invite the Spirit of God to open our hearts and prepare us to engage with Jesus in the pages of Scripture. Holy Spirit, come, speak to us today. Open our hearts that we would encounter Jesus in the pages of the Gospels. Give us eyes to see Jesus, ears to hear what you are saying. Father, we come to be transformed by your love. Challenge and shape us, God. Meet us here as we pray the words that Jesus has given us. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. May your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, Yes, look at these great buildings, but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars. But don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world, as well as famines. But this is only the first of the birth pains, with more to come. When these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must first be preached to all nations. 
But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time. For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because you are my followers. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where it should not be. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in winter, for there will be greater anguish in those days than at any time since God created the world. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless the Lord shortens that time of calamity, not a single person will survive. But for the sake of his chosen ones, he has shortened those days. Then if anyone tells you, look, here is the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out. I have warned you about this ahead of time. In this passage, we find Jesus and his disciples outside of the temple in Jerusalem. It's important to understand the historical context here. You see, the temple was the centerpiece of the Jewish life, the, the center of worship and culture. And the disciples uh, were in admiration of this temple. But Jesus, who was not just the promised king, not just God our Savior, but also a prophet, he delivered a message. And this is a message that many theologians refer to as a near and far prophecy, an already but not yet prophecy. For some of the words that Jesus is giving concern most clearly the destruction of Jerusalem in AD 70 at the hands of the Romans. However, many of the aspects of this prophecy are also viewed as applying to a future date that will precede the return of Christ. Now, how much of this refers only to the destruction of the temple and how much refers also to the return of Christ is up for debate. This is an area where theologians have studied for generations and cannot find an agreement. What is clear is that this prophecy is Jesus warning the people of Jerusalem, specifically through the disciples, of the impending doom, of the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple, and the end of the old covenant. See, Jesus came to make all things new. And one day Jesus will restore all things. That's the return of Christ. But in his ministry, Jesus brings about the end of the old covenant as promised in scripture and the beginning of a new and better covenant. And the destruction of the temple in 70 AD is, an, is a symbolic and very, very literal 
end of this covenant. This is all a part of what Jesus prophesied concerning his own crucifixion, resurrection, ascension, and vindication. But there are aspects of this that seem to speak of something further ahead. In the days leading up to the destruction of the temple, there were false messiahs all around. There were wars and disasters. But is it possible that this too will be something that precedes the return of Christ? Maybe. We don't know exactly how much of this is referring to Christ's return. I'd encourage you to dig in faithfully uh, and prayerfully and pursue for yourself. But what is clear is Jesus was making an accurate prophetic revelation of the judgment coming against Jerusalem and the end of this old way of doing things. And there was temptation, as Jesus said, even to persuade the elect if that were possible. There was temptation to pursue other paths, to follow false messiahs, to move in different directions. And it was faithfulness to Christ and his way and his revelation that would allow the disciples to escape the city before this judgment came. Now, what is this saying to you today? Where in your own life are there false messiahs, false saviors, false news and ideas that seek to pull you away from faithfulness to Jesus? Where do you find yourself tempted to move in a direction that is in opposition to what Jesus has said and revealed? How firmly are you anchored to Jesus? Because just like the days leading up to the destruction of the temple, we have a culture full of false ideas, false promises, and false messiahs that want to persuade us to pursue their way over the way of Jesus. So as we prepare to read this scripture a second time, let's open our hearts and our minds. Imagine ourselves with, with these few disciples hearing Jesus speak, looking out, and take stock of our own life. Where do we put our faith in something other than Jesus? Holy Spirit, open our hearts. We surrender to you. Challenge us where we need to be challenged. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Help us to hold fast to Jesus and his way that nothing else would pull us astray. Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. As he was going out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Teacher, look, what massive stones, what impressive buildings. Jesus said to him, do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left upon another. All will be thrown down. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, across from the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign when all of these things are about to be accomplished? Jesus told them, Watch out that no one deceives you. 
Many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and they will deceive many. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, don't be alarmed. These things must take place, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise up against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places, and famines. These are the beginnings of birth pains. But you, be on your guard. They will hand you over to local courts, and you will be flogged in the synagogues. You will stand before governors and kings because of me, as a witness to them. And it is necessary that the gospel be preached to all nations. So when they arrest you and hand you over, don't worry beforehand what you will say. But say whatever is given to you at the time, for it isn't you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rise up against parents and have them put to death. You will be hated by everyone because of my name, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. When you see the abomination of desolation standing where it should not be, let the reader understand. Then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. A man on the housetop must not come down or go in to get anything out of his house. And a man in the field must not go back to get his coat. Woe to pregnant women and nursing mothers in those days. Pray it won't happen in winter, for those will be days of tribulation, the kind that hasn't been from the beginning of creation until now, and never will be again. If the Lord had not cut those days short, no one would be saved. But he cut those days short for the sake of the elect whom he chose. Then if anyone tells you, see, here is the Messiah, see there, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will arise and will perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. And you must watch. I have told you everything in advance. In the same way that Jesus' disciples in those days were brought before kings and governors, and the Spirit gave them words to speak to reveal the good news of Jesus, every day we are brought before others, even in moments of trial and difficulty. And the Spirit gives us words to speak if we trust Him enough to let Him. As we go today, I'd like to pray that we would open our hearts to be used by God as we go about our day. Holy Spirit, open our hearts. Let us be used by you. Give us the words to speak 
that those around us would know the good news of King Jesus. Amen. Thank you.